Welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. And we have a special guest with us today. We have our baby boy, tallest son, Arden Bevere. And we're super excited. He has just written a book. It's just come out called Redefined Confronting the Labels That Limit Us. Well, that, that, wait a minute. That's yeah, subtitle. No, we can't just gloss over that. No, no we're not going to gloss over it. We're going to have an, we're going to have a full couch talk Say around it again, this. Though. It's so redefined powerful. confronting the labels that limit, limit us. us. Wow, that's a and great so, subtitle. Yeah, Arden, <laughs> we uh, we're just so glad you could join us today. Oh, it's an honor to be here. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be different. Yes. We're going to be talking over each other because it's not just going to be the three of us, which we already do that with three people, but it's going to be with seven people. So. I'm so excited. We can't wait to dive into this message. Get ready for the Bevere mess. Fortunately, our family is way too big to fit around any tables that we have. So we are talking around this ottoman, but I've got the whole family here and we are talking about labels versus callings. You know, there's a lot of labels that we've talked about, um, labels that have been spoken over this generation that I want to see flipped and I want to see redefined. And so I'm excited because I was able to get my whole family to have this conversation <laughs> know, with no, me. An edited version. Edited version, yes. <laughs> edited version we're, we're of missing the family. We're missing, we're missing <laughs> Jess and Julie. But I was able to have my family be able to grab some of these labels and kind of put their own input and their own message and experience behind them. So. Who wants to start out? Who would you like to start out? <laughs> well, Addison? How about Addison? Oh, wow. We go right, Addison. Yeah. So the oldest brother, <laughs> oldest brother can go first. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah there like we that. go. Let's Pop do that. Popcorn. Popcorn. All right, so my, my label is doubtful. Mm. Doubtful. And I think all of us have grown up as children of the postmodern world, a world that says there's no such thing as absolute truth. And it has created a lot of doubt in our generation because we really don't have a North Star because everything is questioned and everything is questionable. It's all suspect. Hmm. No, for me, I'm one of those people who ask why all the time. Yes. I mean, y'all can attest that That's as my true. parents. Like, I would want to know why about everything. And that certainly created doubt in me because there are some things that we just don't know how to search out. Hmm. There's some things that we discover with time. And, and Arn, I love what you did in this book. You flipped the script, changed the label. And now you're calling us, we're seekers, we're mm. seeking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do, I see a generation that is in the process of deconstructing so many things about faith and culture, but I also love how you're not just calling us to destroy or deconstruct, you're also calling us to reconstruct. Yeah. And it's really easy to be critical, it's really easy to say, hey, that thing is broken. And when you're seeking, you're someone who's going out and saying, what's a solution? Yeah. Like, how do, we, how do we do this differently? I'm not just going to be critical of what has been. I'm going to do this differently. So I love that. That's yeah. really good. You're not yeah. just throwing it out. I think what I've seen a lot from my generation is when we have or we face a hard question, we're like, okay, we just kind of concave to it. And we're, we, don't, we don't face the hard question at face value and be like, okay, well, I need to discover the truth behind this yeah. and I need to actually go and seek. And that's why I picked seeking because I felt like seeking is active. It's hope filled. Like, you know, if you're playing hide and go seek, like you're the seeker, you're like, you're determined to find that person. And it's very hope filled. And it's like, you're, you're, you're not going to stop until you find that person. And that's what I want to see from our generation. Rather, when we hear things that might contradict what we believe, rather than us just being like, well, that contradicts it. So I'm just going to change my whole mindset. We say, no, God. I've got this big question and I'm going to bring it to your feet and I'm going to believe that you're big enough to answer the question. So, yeah, yeah I love that. Can I ask you a question? So, you've, you've obviously... Wait, Austin, wait. 
Uh, no, I, I actually have a question. Don't I get because, some popcorn? Or, no, 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 you're, no, you're I have infringing a on about, my label. I have okay. a question about cool. doubtful to seeking. So yeah. when you've gone, <laughs> this is really happening. <laughs> <laughs> When you were going from that, uh, the process of doubting to seeking, did you find there is a place of fear between the two? Oh, absolutely. I mean, anytime... Like you're afraid to doubt even. Yeah, anytime... Okay, anytime you transition from mm -hmm. doubt to this journey of seeking. And also, we have to realize this isn't binary. Like, this is constantly happening in our lives in different ways. Yeah. Anytime you move into a place of wonder, there will be doubt. Like the whole idea yeah. of the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, which is the place of wonder, you're entering into a zone, a territory that is beyond your comprehension, yeah. that takes you somewhere that you haven't been. It's like Paul, the most brilliant theologian, systematically lays out God's plan for salvation. And then Romans 11, he's like, oh, the depths of the, of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. It's like at some point we come to that place where it's like, God, this is beyond anything that I've known. But what I find, Austin, when I lean into that journey of seeking, I don't get all the answers, but I get enough answers to keep me hungry, to keep me going. And, and Addison, here's the anchor of Jesus. Seek and keep on seeking. Keep on seeking. Now, here's what Jesus Christ himself says. And you shall find. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's our right. anchor. Yeah. So in other words, if you're fighting those doubts in that time of seeking... Jesus has promised us, as long as you keep seeking, you will find. Well, it creates space yeah. in our lives yep. for him to give us more answers and reveal more of who he is when we yeah. seek. Well, I, I mean, I saw it in the book of Job, Austin, where it talks about, like, Job, when he goes and seeks God after he has all those questions, it's that terrifying experience for him of God <laughs> standing there in the violent storm mm -hmm. and just questioning him, being like, who, where were you when all of these things were happening? For, I mean, like, for like three chapters, and Job said, I've, I've, I've lived on you for only by rumors, and never again am I going to do that. And so, yes, I think it's terrifying. Yes, I think we find answers. But it's, I think even Job in that situation, there was more things that came to his mind yeah. about God. So hmm. I love that. Yeah, and can I add something? Yeah. I love that you picked the doubtful to seeking because doubtful can have jaded. Yeah. It can mm, have like, I'm disappointed, yeah. Yeah. I doubt things, I don't believe things. But seeking carries with it humility. Yeah. It says, yeah. I'm not there yet, I don't have it's, all of the answers, yeah. but I am yeah. willing to go on a journey and I'm willing to actually be taught. Yeah. I'm willing to talk to other people <clears throat> and you will, you will find. It doesn't say you find right away, right. it says you will mm. find. Mm. And so if we have a posture of seeking, that's a posture of humility mm. that God can pour his wisdom into. But when we have a posture of doubting, we get to the posture where we're like, well, I'm gonna have to see it to believe it. And yeah. that's, that's not a seeker. Yeah, that's really good. Yes, I love that. That's I love awesome. That. Well, cool, Addison, you I get the popcorn, popcorn it? All right, I'm gonna go with Mama Linus. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love I love mine is Lost, Lost, and oops, there, there is Lost. It's not the TV series uh, that was about <laughs> an airplane. Major disappointment. <laughs> Some of these people are old enough to remember that. <laughs> no, not that. Uh, and I do think that I've heard that wrong label put on this generation. Yeah. Oh, they're just lost. They've lost the plot. They don't know what they're doing. They can't figure out what they're called to do. And hmm. And I love that the opposite of lost isn't necessarily in your, in your thought process found. Yeah. yeah. You talked about 
focused and focus would go right along with seeking. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm all about focus being our superpower right now um, because I am easily distracted. And so when you don't know where to look, you're never going to find the right thing. Yeah. And I think we have a generation that is seeking and mm. looking and they have a focus. But I find the reason why this generation, one of the reasons this generation needs to be so focused is because there's such an onslaught of distraction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people trying to tell them, look over here, be this, say this, look like this, live like this, or, and they're, they're going to have to be focused. Mm -hmm. And we don't focus on ourselves mm -hmm. or even on what's in front of us. We focus on Jesus, who mm -hmm. is the author mm -hmm and the finisher. Yeah. And I love how the Bible promises that we start in and finish with God. So we start in God and we finish with him. And so yeah. we have to watch Jesus, how he did everything. So if Jesus is our focus, it isn't that we're going to the same place, mm -hmm. it's that we're going to go there the same way. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, and we're tell so me what you, what, Tell me what like, excited you about focus. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think what you just said about we become so distracted. We become distracted by social media, by, you know, things that we want to make a difference on. Mm -hmm. We become distracted by, you know, whatever opinions that people have of us. And what I wanted to see people is exactly that, is I wanted to see our generation to stop getting so distracted by, you know, it could be even video games, things like that, just things that are pulling your distraction and, and even your big life purpose and free focus on God. Because as you keep your focus on God, I think what I've said a lot to people is I think a lot of people have um, lost their purpose because they've lost their original calling. And their original calling was first before it was occupation or anything like that, which they, they think my purpose is so much occupation. I've got to figure that, which it is part of that. But their first calling was to be a son or a daughter of God. Yeah. And I'm like, they've lost their focus on that. And if we That's can good. refocus on being a son or a daughter of God, God is going to orchestrate our steps. Mm. He's going to take That's us good. down the right path, put us in the right careers, all that things. But I want to see our generation stop being so distracted by those things. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And you know what? One thing I've learned is people think that if they focus and edit their life, that their life is going to become less, yeah. but it actually becomes more mm. because being more focused means that you will have a better effect. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. All right, so I get to pick now. You get to pick. Okay, I think I'm going to go for Alex. All right. All right. Okay. All You're right. making that face. Yeah, you were. I was. I was, I was I making that way. face. Excuse me. I Alec is always voice. making that face. I, I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Show the face. But anyways, anyways. Um, so my word is actually entitled. Um, entitled. So Arden, I think this is a great word. And this is a word that I think can be very misunderstood. But a lot of times entitled is basically, I think, one step down from being offended. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, they say entitled is basically, uh, they basically use it in the way of like, oh, well, you're entitled to that feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. You went through that. So you're entitled to now do mm -hmm. that. Wow. You're actually entitled to actually now feel that. It's you're almost entitled a, to your own truth. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's almost um, like I said, it's like one step down from an offense. And so one person who I actually love in the Bible. Um, he's in the book of Daniel and his name is Daniel. Wow. And I know. Yeah. And so Daniel, please fact check that for me. But, but anyways, Daniel, 
Um, I think he was someone who, who could have been easily entitled to his own feelings of being upset, of his own feelings or, or, or his own uh, being justified, basically, in, in, in his actions. Because Daniel, he was somebody who was, you know, taken away from his family, taken away from his nation. He was um, stripped of things um, on his body. Uh, yes. uh, he was he made was into a eunuch. Yeah, he was stripped yeah. of his legacy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can't have children. I mean, you guys, that is, that's crazy. And on that's top right. of that, then he has to work for the person who actually yeah, did, did that yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. So he was entitled to easily slack to be lazy, to not go all out. Mm. But no, he was a man who chose yeah. to actually become one of the greatest men in the kingdom. An and advisor so, for that man. Yeah, and it, he became an advisor for that man, and he actually became the second greatest man in the country. And how did he do that? Well, we all know in the Bible, he goes and he sits down three times a day, and it doesn't just say that he prays. He actually goes and he gives thanks. Yeah, he wow, is that's good. grateful. Yeah. You know, and so, so, so the way to break down entitlement, I feel okay. like, yeah. is to really be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, the way so to become way. grateful is it's so great. It's being thankful. I mean, the, the, God's word says we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to look for those times that God is actually moving in our lives. We need to look for those areas that we can actually be grateful for. Yeah. And that's how we actually get into God's presence. And that's how we actually rip that title off of us. Come on. You know, can I, yeah. can I make a point? Please. Uh, the opposite of grateful yeah. is complaining. Yeah. yeah. So a person who feels entitled is going to be quick to complain. Yeah. And that's why I believe Philippians says, do all things without complaining. Why? Uh, God showed me in prayer one day that, uh, do you remember when we were first married, we went to Six Flags over Texas and they had a big water park? Do you remember that 90-foot high slide? <laughs> and it took us about a minute to climb those stairs. Yeah. Do you remember how fast we went down that slide? It was like two seconds or less, right? Yeah. Well, God said to me one day <laughs> I was praying and he said, giving thanks is yeah. like climbing mm -hmm. stairs. Mm -hmm. And he said, complaining is like going down the slide. Wow. Oh, so wow. if we don't maintain a grateful attitude, we'll begin to feel entitled, which will lead us to complaining, which will push us down a slide pretty fast. Yeah. So we digress wow. in our spiritual progress quickly yeah. so wow. outstanding example mm -hmm. Daniel. Yeah. i yeah. love that's it. amazing <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Sure. well i mean i remember i i you guys all watched me deal with entitlement pretty what? pretty bad when uh, no. <laughs> when i was working at, no. they all said what i mean lots of oh, yeah yeah i do a lot of laps with matt and addison but but yeah, I mean, I, I remember that was the big thing was I, great uh, gratitude was when I went away and I, I got to see from a distance all the amazing things that you guys were all doing and the ministry was accomplishing and how just complaining I was like how, how just I was so entitled during that yeah. season. And I remember I had that phone call with you and I said, Mom, I feel like I'm supposed to come back home. And you said, no, nothing's changed. You're like nothing. Like there's no new opportunities. Nothing's changed. Nothing's different. And I remember I just said back to you, I said, Mom, I said, I've changed. Yeah. Like, that was the only thing that needed to wow, change. That's so, so good. So I, remember, I know it. that's just like a pause break. Right there. Like, yeah. Nothing's changed. Nope, yeah. Mom, I've changed. Yeah, that's the only that's thing. And that, and that was true. Yeah. That was the only thing that did need to change. It was, yeah. it was, that's what entitlement will do is it will, I mean, it'll take your focus off of the, all the amazing things mm -hmm. that was going on and that can be done. Like 
Daniel, like you said, Daniel is in this kingdom, and Daniel could have been like, well, I've, I'm entitled to all these things. I've, I've been stripped of all this stuff, yeah. and he could have missed out on what was actually accomplished through um, Babylon, like all the things that, that's, you know, the kings and all the kings that he advised with starting with Nebuchadnezzar. And, Absolutely. Uh, I just think he could have missed out on that. So. Yeah. Alex, do you want to hand it off to either Christian Austin or Dad? You know what? I want to give it to... Uh... JB. Oh, yes, I did. You did trick me. He's staring in my eyes. So, like, so so like, whoever he's not looking at, that's who it's going to. The word I, I was uh, assigned here, or I actually chose this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a label of fearful. And I think hmm. if there's ever a generation that deserves to be fearful, it's this one with what's happening in our world today. Yeah. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Fearfulness will not help you. It will actually paralyze you. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I want to share a story that God made it really clear to me why his people fear. I was actually in fear. I was speaking in a city and I just got done with the service. I came back to my uh, room and the thoughts started bombarding my mind. So-and-so is a great minister. He mm-hmm. buried three of his children. So-and-so is a great minister. His son was electrocuted and killed. So-and-so is a great minister. His son died. And I mean, they start hitting me Where like your a machine gun. Yeah. yeah. No. And I remember I started getting so scared for your guys' lives. Hmm. And I was trembling in that room. Hmm. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, Son, any area you fear in, you still own it. Wow. He said, You haven't put it under the cross. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, I'm not big enough to protect these boys, but God is. And I'll never forget, I only had one shoe off. It was pretty funny, I can still remember this. I jumped up off the bed where I was taking my first shoe off and I screamed out as loud as I could, Addison, he's not mine. I said, Austin, Hmm. he's not mine. I said, Arden, he's not mine. Or Alec, he's not mine. Arden, he's not mine. (laughs) (laughs) You were born there. So I said, said, Alec, he's not mine. And I said, God, they're yours. I'm a steward over them. I don't care what you want to do with them. You could take them halfway around the world. You can take them to heaven whenever you want. And then I screamed as loud as I could. And I said, devil, you're never killing them. They belong to Mm. Jesus. Mm. And guys, I got to be honest with you. I've never feared for your life since. Never. Not once. Not even once. And What about when Alec and I went shark fishing? uh, You know, (laughs) I was reminding God that I had already given them to you. But... But the word that we just reminded him of that word, and then that's how we we were able to go. But the word that replaces fearful is the fear of God. Now, here's where I really want to make clear to this generation: the fear of God does not mean to be scared of God. When Israel came out of Egypt, God was so excited to meet Israel. He said, "Moses, get him ready." He comes down on the mountain. The people scream, run off. They said, "We can't handle God's presence." Moses made a statement in Exodus 20:20. Here's your 20:20 vision. He said, "Do not fear." because God's come to test you to see if his fear is in you so that you may not sin. Hmm. Now it sounds like he just contradicted himself. Do not fear because God's come to see if his fear is in you so that you won't sin. What he's doing is differentiating between being scared of God and the fear of the Lord. The person who is scared of God has something to hide. They haven't given everything to God. The person who fears God has nothing to hide. Okay, so the fear of God is to be terrified of being away from him. And the best example of, of this that we see in the Bible, because you'll serve who you fear. If you fear man, you'll serve man. You fear God, you'll serve God. But you look at Solomon. Solomon had the fear of the Lord, and therefore he had, as you said, wisdom. Addison or Alec, great wisdom, built a phenomenal kingdom, but he lost his fear of God. 
And I believe the book of Ecclesiastics yeah. is put in the Ecclesiastes is put in the Bible like, to show <laughs> you what happens when a person loses the fear of God. Well, yeah. what, what what happens with Solomon? He comes jaded, jaded, cynical. Yeah. At what goes around comes around. Life is worthless. That's true. You know. That's true. That's Italian. Okay. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what you so you read. What goes around comes around. But the whole book is just a guy that's. Lost Vanity. his his yeah. passion for yeah. life. Yeah. He's cynical. He's jaded. Now a lot yeah. of young people are cynical and jaded because they really didn't experience the real fear of the mm. Lord in church mm. growing up. That's good. And so, but what happens at the very end, chapter twelve? Go read it. Solomon gets his fear of God back, and he starts saying, "I got it back by remembering everything God did." I mean, all, if all you have to do is remember that you've been delivered from a devil's hell forever mm. and ever and ever, that Jesus gave his life for you, that's all you need. Yeah. And so what happens is he comes to the conclusion. He said, I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're old, but please do it while you're young. He said, yeah. fear God and always keep his commandments. So the fear of the Lord, because you're terrified of being away from God, you passionately desire to keep his commandments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you and Addison always have, you guys have both taught me some, just such an amazing understanding of the fear of God. And that was something that I wanted to make sure I talked about in this book because I've not heard it talked about in our generation. Hmm. And I think that's why we do, we're swayed by the things of this world so much because we fear the world. We still allow the world to be our master uh, rather than God being our master. And I love the quote, I was talking about it the other day, just the quote that I actually put in the book where it talked about reducing God to the world's equal. And he said, when we reduce God to the world's equal and we think that God's whole role is just to balance out the world, mm -hmm. he says, we give the wow. world unwarranted power. He yeah. said, how different is this than what it says in scripture where God is far scarier and more powerful than the world. And so just coming to this understanding of how much God is in control and how we have to fear him. And when we fear God, we lose the fear of the world. Mm -hmm. Like the fear of the world yeah, is a eradicated fear of man is eradicated from our life. So I was always so thankful for you too. Mom, you taught me too, of course. But okay. Dad wrote so, a book on it. So. Yeah, I know. it's true. <laughs> it's actually three books. But anyway, it's my turn wow. to get to. Yeah, well, it's 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 my passion. Uh, I get to bounce it. So here's the way I feel. Christian's your gorgeous wife. She should be. She should be the conclusion. No. So I'm gonna oh. Bounce oh. oh, you didn't get it. I'm gonna bounce this over to Austin so he can bounce it. Yeah. True. We were going to Christian, yeah. and that would be the closer. Mm. Okay, I'm not ready. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the label that I chose was discouraged, mm. and um, I think if anybody has lived at all, they have a chance to be discouraged. Mm. And uh, discouragement usually comes from when there's something in life that doesn't quite go our way, <laughs> or we experience a setback. And uh, I think for me, I oftentimes think about movies and how quickly we see someone achieve something they want normally in an hour and a half or two hours you're like sweet i'm gonna pursue my dreams and go after stuff but sometimes things just don't go the way we expect them to yeah. and um i think when we have we're in that place where things aren't going right we do have a chance to stay discouraged or we have a chance to be hopeful and i love that word hopeful I've, i was taught it's the confident expectation uh for good by you dad and just that's what we put that's what we put our faith in like a confident expectation of good and so i've realized in my life the best times when i face discouragement or the chance to be discouraged yeah. i just i know when i do it right i'm like something good is going to come from this i can't explain why 
but something good is going to come from this. And pretty much every single time I've done that, something great comes from it, whether it's a couple moments later, a day later, a month later. Sometimes it takes like a year for me to realize, hey, I was in this valley, but I see now why it was worth it. And so I love that whenever we face things in life, it's not final. Like no matter what, it's never final. Um, and for whatever reason, this quote came to mind when I saw these words, discouraged and hopeful. Um, there's a boxer who's an Italian. His, his name's Vinny. I don't remember his last name. But this reporter asked him a question. He said, um, the, he said uh, the reporter asked, what was the biggest lie you were ever told? And uh, Vinny said, it's not that simple. And she's like, what's well, not that simple? And he's like, no, that's the biggest lie I was ever told. It's not that simple. And when I... When I heard that, I was just like, man, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we hit really tough situations, tough things where, uh, times where we can be so discouraged and just focus on that. But the fact is, is that we have an amazing God who no matter where we're at, will see us through it. And that gives me reason mm-hmm. to be hopeful through anything. Yeah. And so when, like, I, that quote comes to my mind almost daily of um, it's like that. It's not that simple. And it's just it's a lie. Like yeah. God has given us so many reasons hmm. to hope. Yeah. And so hmm. that's, that's kind of my summation of the two oh. is we're not called to be discouraged. There's going to be a place for it. Like, uh, but we have the ability to pick ourselves up and be like, no, God has given me the chance to be hopeful. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm sure many people are wondering or have thought watching this family, because when I think of discouraged, I can think of comparison. So have you ever had a time with your brothers that you might have thought, oh, you know, Addison's doing this, Alex doing this, that you've had to overcome, like, comparison with discouragement. I wouldn't say I can, like, I don't compare myself much with my brothers. I compare myself with bigger, sorry, no, not bigger, like, with, with, like, sports athletes or celebrities or stuff like that where I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing a whole lot with my life. And honestly, another thing that, uh, and this is, kind of another thing I was thinking about with discouragement is sometimes discouragement is a good thing for a time period to be like you know what something's not working and sometimes discouragement is a good indicator of hey something needs to shift Mm -hmm. and you have to be brave enough to follow that shift if that makes sense and that's where the hope comes from of hey something else is going to come from it but I have to be brave enough to go after that thing I'm hoping for yeah I was listening to uh Kurt's Kurt, our friend Kurt, uh, that we were up in Wyoming with, I was listening oh, to him and how, yeah. yeah, him and how he started his company, and he talked about how many times he failed. And I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my friends who had listened to the same podcast where he talked about his whole journey, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to fail that many times." And Kurt, just like you said, Austin, every time he failed, he said, "Okay, I'm so hopeful in the process, mm-hmm. so hopeful in God." And that's that was actually his big thing. Is he said, "I was always hopeful in God that he was gonna." bring the the solution to our business and what I needed to. But he said, every time we failed, I saw it as an opportunity just to shift things and just continue that. And that's what I talked about in the book. It, it, it going back to your, you know, quote of it's not that simple is, I mean, I've made it, I tried to make it super simple. And I was like, is this too simple where I just talked about our hope has to be in God. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's just well, as simple as God it. of hope. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's in it. Romans 15. Yeah. We can't, we can't place it in, 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 you know, in the things of this world because these things of the world are going to let us down. But as we put the things in our hope in the things that's eternal, then they're going to stay in that. And so. to put a cap on Kurt's 
story, for yeah. those of you who don't know who we're talking about, he has now one of the most successful businesses okay. in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, all through all through failure, as he has he framed it. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, amazing story. Well, Austin, you want to popcorn it too? <laughs> who could it be? Born yeah. Christian. Oh wow! Surprise! Yeah. That was a surprise to all of us, Mom. <laughs> so the label that I picked was regretful. And I think you may know this, when we were going through the chapters, this was the one that had the furthest distance of the start and the finish line for me. Mm. It just, I mean, it made sense that it was a bad label, but mm-hmm. I didn't see how to get past it, how to get to that, that place of God's calling within regret. And I just remember, I mean, coming into the Vivere family, as coming into a family that was doing things, you know, for God, that was in unison. For me, it was... You know, I, I know I'm healed. I know I've learned from my mistakes, but I still regret them. Like, I wish I could come in with the perfect track record. And, you know, you were so sweet about assuring me that that's not why you were marrying me. But in your mind, for whatever reason, it still comes up. You still oh wish, man, yeah. I wish I wouldn't have gone through that. But mm-hmm. for me, um, the calling that you associated with it did really come to be a source of strength in that season. And that was awakened. For me, I kind of awakened to what regret could do. Um, for a long time, it was just, a, gosh, why did I do that? You know, the, the, the things you say to yourself in the mirror when no one's around, of like, gosh, you're so stupid. <laughs> or like, how did you not know better? How, yeah. how could I have done that? It, those voices began to silence when I awakened to realizing what that meant. And for me, it meant hmm. God was so gracious. He was so strong. He was so courageous to come after someone that had messed up that didn't have the perfect track record and I just remember driving on our car one day when we were engaged and I think you've heard the story a couple times so sorry you're hearing it again but I just remember driving and I was sitting there talking to God and I was like God aren't you married like some blonde cute girl that's never sinned in her life like she would have been no better there's there's no (laughs) such thing well you you ruined my Maybe Lisa was in the back when I was talking to God. But yeah, I just remember telling God, I was like, Arden should have married this blonde girl that had never sinned before. And he just really graciously dealt with me. And he said, Christian, there's no such thing. Like, tell me someone that's never messed up. Tell me someone that's never sinned. Mm -hmm. And I realized I couldn't. And it's because we all come from this place of the things we've done wrong. We have to awaken to, you know, I, I have failed. I have fallen short, but I, but I realize now I'm awakened to God's glory working within me. And for me, it was kind of a, a twofold of like, man, I'm actually really blessed. Not only am I getting this, this amazing future, these things, these promises that God wants to give to me and everyone that's watching, but I also know on a deeper level how much God does care for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that our generation needs to get better at doing is awakening to, yes, I've made a mistakes. Yes, I'm going to own that. I'm going to walk in that. But I'm also awakening to where God wants to put me. Yeah. Regret doesn't have to keep us where we are. We can awaken to where we're going. Yeah. Well, I love that, that scripture that it talks about. Is it Corinthians, right? Where it talks about godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Yeah. So where it talks about, it talks about how the, the worldly sorrow leads to death and, and godly sorrow leads to life. And I love like when we get awakened to life, when we navigate sorrow and regret, in the correct way, we get awakened mm-hmm. to the life that God has for us. And it doesn't mean that it eradicates what happened. It's a understanding of the beauty, mer- beautiful mercy that God mm-hmm. has in store for us. Yeah. And I think I've seen too many people that have allowed regret just to be the final 
like final point in their story. Yeah. Like they just have not moved past it. They base mm -hmm. all of their decisions back, back off of, mm -hmm. you know, their past regrets and their past mistakes mm -hmm. and all that stuff, rather than coming awakened to it with yeah. this new life of understanding and new life of, of, okay, this is what I did wrong in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to adjust and move forward right. and kind of coming to that realization, I think is, is so powerful because I think that's, that's what your testimony is. And I think there's power, there's so much yeah. power to that. Can I add something to yeah. that? You know, I think that David experienced regret. Oh yeah. You know, actually and, that's and, who I, and, that's who I wrote about. Oh good. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> With I, but I love what he said. He says, cleanse me Yeah. and I will be clean. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you have regret in your life, you don't feel clean, yeah. Yeah. but you say, mm -hmm. if you cleanse me, mm -hmm. I will be clean. Yeah. And then he doesn't say, I'm just going to leave it there and maybe hide the fact that I've messed up. Yeah. And he's, but he goes on and he redeems it. Yeah. And when we redeem it, he says, and then will I teach transgressors your right. ways. Yeah. And so we take what's regret and we awaken to the righteousness of God and the need of others yeah. when well, we redeem it. Well, and that's what I love about that story of David so much is that you see David's process as soon as he realized he did something wrong. He didn't care anything about what people said about him. He fell on his face and then he does everything that he can to try to change God's mind. And when God's you know, verdict, the, the repercussions is final, he gets up and he goes straight into the temple and worships God and then goes eats. And his advisors are like, well, why are you... Yeah. Why are you acting this way? And he said, well, when the, when the child was still alive, I could do something about it. But he said, no, it's not. Then he said, all I can do is just praise God. And, and I thought that was so amazing of him yeah. understanding, like when we navigate those situations, like just coming to this place of not cursing God or not, not being mad at God and not dwelling on that, but going and rejoicing and worshiping God. And then when you have come to that place of, hey, what's done is done, like just move forward. Yeah. And I thought it was so astonishing to his advisors that he handled it that way that they was like mm -hmm. they were like, well, how how'd you move on so fast? How did you get over this so fast? And he just understood. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Anything else you guys want to add on or share? No, I'm mean, just excited about this book, yeah. this message, and really believing that it's gonna impact a lot of lives. Yeah. Well I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you guys added this voice to it because I think every single one of these labels, and I even talked about it with people, and this is why we've been doing so many different things with other people, is everyone's story is so unique, mm -hmm. and there's been different labels that been placed on them that they've had to navigate and go through, and these were the labels that I've had to walk through, and I felt like I could speak to um, through personal experiences, and so adding all of your guys' voices into it means the world, so thank you guys so much. Um, guys, this is really my heart cry for uh, my generation is to see our generation redefining the narrative that we're not no longer going to think, you know, hey, we've been dealt a bad hand and that's too bad. We're just going to deal with it. No, that we're going to redefine the way that this generation will be known. I really want to see this generation be known as sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters of God, meaning that we are people that are truly transforming the world that is around us, that we're not being bended to what the world's will or what the world's identity is for us, but we are called by God and we live in that inheritance. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this spoke to you. I know it spoke to us uh, and I know it spoke to me. And so I'm glad we got to have this conversation, but thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Conversations with John and Lisa with our son, Arden, who's written the redefined book. Now, 
Let me, let me say this. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Conversations with John and Lisa. If you do this, it helps other people get the message. The other thing that I want to say, it is really exciting because in the past 30 days, we have launched Messenger X. Messenger X is a full platform of discipleship. We have books on there, audio books. We have courses. And one thing you get to look for is the redefined course that's going to be put on Messenger X sometime in February. How do you get there? Just go to Apple. It's right there on the Apple Store, or you can go to you can App Store. You can go to Google. You can go to Google. You can go to Android. However you do it, but it's on all those platforms. And we are giving it to you. We are not charging for this. So you can go through 30 plus courses, all these books, and really get ministered to. The other thing that I want to say is to get this book, I want to encourage you. Go to Amazon, all right? Amazon discounts their books. They get it to your house really fast if you're a Prime member. But you can get it at any bookstore. You can get it from Messenger, but go to Amazon. I want to see this thing go up in the ratings, okay? And when you you can connect with Arden on Instagram, and this is how you find him, you go to at Bevere Arden. So he kind of did it backwards. So it's not, but you'll find if you just type Arden Bevere. And also, I just want to encourage you to please go through the redefined course. You just heard a little snippet around the couch here on this conversations. Man, the course is powerful. I know God was on Arden in a very profound way as he shared these different labels and how to destroy them with the word of God. So anyway, everybody, we love you. you the, the conversations with John and Lisa family, we love you. And until next time, this has been Conversations with John, Lisa, and Arden. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters, and The Messenger Podcast. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget, you can download the Messenger X app today in the App Store. Until next time.